All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast. I'm Weston. With me, as always, my right-hand man, Lou. Lou, another week in the books. Here to discuss our, our week 16 recap. But actually, it's been a very busy week for us here at the We're Talking Football podcast. Earlier this week, we were fortunate enough to be invited on with Jesse Naylor in the Last Second Sports podcast to discuss your favorite topic, the debacle presently known as the San Francisco 49ers. We have tonight's show and then our weekly appearance on Sunday with Jason Aponte and his fantasy football show to give fantasy advice for your championship week. Like I said, busy week for us, but feels like it's going to be a lot of fun. No, no. Uh, you know, it, when you put, when you, when you put it like that, this isn't work. You know, when you do what you love, you don't call it work, you know? So it's just, uh, it's just, it's just nice that we're getting ourselves out there exposed. Uh, and yeah, no, uh, I think we're going to do something a little different today. Uh, we're not going to really go over, I'm going to say, um, <clears throat> our, the previous games. We don't, re- we had, ter- we had an awful, awful uh, week this past week when it comes to our teams. And I don't think we really want to relive it in more of like a good versus bad type of thing. So Weston, tell everyone what we're trying to do today. Yeah. So before jumping into that week 17, right around the corner, it's the first week without a Thursday night game. As we get towards the home stretch of the season, I like this. I told I, you know how I feel about Thursday night games. Um, I'm usually over them after by like the second or third. Once my team plays in a Thursday night game, I realize how much I just, they're just usually so bad because it's like, Bad teams. Usually- Bad teams, lack of preparation. Um, Sloppy football. It's a, it's a grueling sport, so people get banged up on Sunday that can't necessarily suit up on Thursday that would probably suit up um, had that have that game be the, the following Sunday. But the last thing I'll call out before I kind of describe what we're going to begin with here is um, some more teams have officially been eliminated, and the road to the playoffs for certain teams has become a little bit more clear. Um, so an exciting two weeks here left on the schedule uh, means that we'll get into, you know, our, our format will drastically change as we start to talk mm-hmm. about playoff football. So we'll have to figure out what that looks like on the fly. But usually we do begin with our hometown takes. And this is where you and I spend, I God knows, sometimes it goes 10 minutes, sometimes it goes a half hour talking about the previous week, who our teams hosted. Um, we've already kind of exhausted the 49ers earlier this week, so I won't spend too much time there. But what we want to take away from this is I want to know – I do want to talk about the the Chargers-Texans game. Good, because I don't. <laughs> and I'll throw some things in there. Um, the Chargers have a big game uh, against the Broncos this week. So I definitely – I want to more foreshadow what we expect to see this weekend versus kind of mm-hmm. recapping uh, what we saw last week. And I'll do the same for the 49ers, right? I'll, I'll quickly talk about the 49ers-Titans, spend a little bit more time talking about the 49ers versus the Texans this week, uh, implications there. So as we always do, Lou, begin with you, dive right in, I'll chime in, but let's start, I guess, with a a little bit of that recap on on the Chargers-Texans game. Yeah, so uh, Weston, let me ask you a question. Are you a Seinfeld fan, or were you a Seinfeld fan? I've seen enough to say that I've seen enough. So for the avid uh, Seinfeld uh, listeners, last week was the glorious holiday of Festivus. And if you follow our Instagram page at WTFPodNFL, you will realize the joys of Festivus. But in tradition of Festivus begins the airing of grievances. And I got a lot of problems with the Chargers right now. And they're about to hear it, bro. They're about to hear it. Got a lot of problems with you people. (laughs) 
the Chargers did an awful job at containing Arian Foster this past weekend. Oh, no. Wait a minute. That wasn't Arian Foster. That was Rex Burkett. Yes, Rex, it was. Rex Burkett. Are you kidding me? They allowed some guy who averages 195 rushing yards in his career per season, and they allowed him 149 yards and two touchdowns in the game, averaging 6.8 yards per carry. That is ridiculous. They couldn't stop the mighty attack of Rex Burkhead. Are you out of your friggin' mind? I don't want to hear the fact that the Chargers had a lot of players on COVID. Texans had 24 players, bro. 24 yeah. players. Half the, all their offensive linemen was not suited up. These were bums off the street, and they still were opening up the holes and parting the sea like Moses. It's ridiculous. They were going into this game. They had their own. They had a, their own. They were the master of their domain. They had their own you know, a playoff destiny that they in control. And they lost it. They lost to a three and 11 team that had nothing to play for. Yeah. That it is was. ridiculously fun. And you know, what even makes it more frustrating, if this was early in the season, it would have been frustrating, but it's the timing of this. You knew what was online. It was a clearer picture before you just trusting the process. Now the process is, is here and you're so close of achieving something uh, you know, for the first time in a couple of years, the playoffs. And they completely they 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 show up lifeless in Houston. There was no energy there, no effort, no leadership. Last week I put so much praise on Coach Staley, even though he you know they lost to the Chiefs, right? Even I I I stood by him, but this was inexcusable. He he first of all Eckler talking about that there wasn't a lot of uh energy and effort, you know, that he, you know, that some of the people were telling him about because all the leaders were, you know, uh, on COVID, right? No. Nope. How do you not get yourself up realizing what's on stake? They were just going through the motions and hoping their talent would be better than the Texans. This is all on them. And it's, it's just extremely disappointing because what was looking to be promising now that it's somewhat in the hole, and now all the, the majority of the blame, I say, goes to Staley, but he should get a lot of the blame. Some other blame should go to the general manager, Tom Telesco. And let me tell you why. How many times have I made this joke? I love recycling jokes. If anyone knows about me, I, I will tell you a joke over and over again until you start laughing. I'll he, laugh this time so I don't have to hear yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. <laughs> do, our, do our listeners a favor, bro. <laughs> he builds this team like a Madden roster. That has no fatigue or injury settings turned off, like they're turned off. He, it's so top heavy. The pl- so whenever there's injury or COVID now, they're automatically depleted everywhere, yeah. and they're having guys that should not be playing right now. A bunch of practice squad players. So that's what's. I think that's all I've really. Yeah. Wanted, yeah. I get it. I- because you don't want to dive too deep in certain things because you can get in a rabbit hole here. Um, The bottom line is, you know, sum it up as frustration, definitely a frustrating loss. I agree with you. Team probably came in on cruise control thinking like three win team. Um, We should be able, you know, we are talented enough regardless of who's out. And you mentioned, right? No Eckler, no Mike Williams, no Jalen Guyton, which seemed to slow the off, look like it slowed the offense down. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, no Bosa on the field was just, 
evident, right? Like there really wasn't a pass rush when you sack a quarterback like Davis Mills with that offensive line only one time in the game. It's that, that isn't it's that, frustrating. That, it's frustrating. Is, that is mind boggling. That is yeah. mind boggling. Um, you know, did Herbert have his best game? No, right? But like you also it's a second year player. You, I mean, yeah. I listen, I'm not I you I don't knock Justin Herbert. I, yeah, I, I'm I just saying that when people but when things. people say that there's going to be times where you're the team's eventually. Why can't they carry him from one game? That's what I'm saying. Like there was nobody there that was. I shouldn't say nobody, but the rest of the team looked like they were on cruise control. I do think there was a, a bright spot, and I think Justin Jackson w- was that he's right. A, he's a, he's always good, but he, unfortunately, he, he this won't last. Yeah, he gets hurt but, so much. You know what though? That was a, that was a hell of a game. I think it was so much of a hell of a game, Lou. That even when Eckler comes off this COVID list, i.e., yep. this week you can't take this guy out of the game plan, right? Like he gets hurt next. You're right. I mean, we'll run until he gets hurt. Right. Like, and then you got, then you have some, he, depth, very, right? he, he has good vision. Good. He has good. He's, just a good right. fo- he's a good football player, but injuries when we say this all the time, right? Like availability is the best ability, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I do think he was a, a bright spot, but what this game really like, I know you mentioned like TT being an issue, right? Some of the coaching issues. Uh, but to me, like, and I try to keep things like real simple and, and it, this goes back to the eye, eye test for me. They just weren't just weren't able to stop the run like period, like period point blank. I think they gave up like 189, 190 total yards rushing, but when it was all happening was the most perplexing, right? So this was particularly in the fourth quarter when the chargers needed a couple more offensive possessions to try to put points on the board when Herbert was getting, a little bit of a groove, but they were able just to play keep away. Like they just played keep away. And they, I th- what they have like an eight or nine minute drive somewhere in, in that fourth quarter. Um, and, and you mentioned, you know, Rex Burkhead doing his best, best Jonathan Taylor impression Dude, out there this year. Averages unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he averages 195 yards a year rushing. Yeah. It, it was frustrating. Like even as a non well, I think I'm a part Chargers fan now at this point, spending so much time watching them. Wow. And liking some guys on that team. I'm rather loud to root for other teams. And maybe I'm rooting for you, but I'm always rooting to prove my point that that Herbert was the cream of the crop in that quarterback class. Um, because I pounded the table on that. But it was it was frustrating to watch, right? Because it was a winnable game. Like I know the score says it was a two possession game, but like it, it was a winnable game had a few things gone differently in a game. I, again, if you surveyed the 46 that they did dress for the game that were available, they probably would have told, you know, you say Eckler said there was no urgency, no energy, no anything like that. Cause they probably just felt like they didn't even need it. And this is where I feel the need to remind everyone that this is still the NFL. The other team gets paid to play too. They have the, they have a salary cap they get to operate within that looks just like your salary cap. They're they fighting, they're the fighting for, yeah, they're fighting for next year's roster spot. They're looking fighting for next next year for next paycheck, whatever it is. Like these guys get and the coaches too. This is their livelihood, right? So like when you don't take the opportunity to get your team ready, I assure you the other team is taking the opportunity to get themselves ready. So. Mm-hmm. Let's if you're done with that that recap. Oh, I'm done. I'm done. Big already. game, big game this week. Divisional game, you know, playoffs on the line here. I think you guys are sitting in seven right now. So can't no, afford to not. lose a game right no, now. We're not. We're not. So you're we're eight, eight right or, now. We're eight or nine. So you can't afford to lose. Have to win, and you need help throughout. Uh, yeah, a little bit. It's 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 going to be a little challenging, but it's not impossible. Uh, yeah. So the Chargers played the Denver Broncos this past weekend, and 
We talked about this when the Niners were playing the Seahawks, that there are some teams, especially within your own a division, that just play you harder and they just have your number. I think it's fair for me to say the Seahawks are your uh, your uh, your Moby Dick, right? So fair of you to say. It's okay, okay. unquestionable. Well, well, the Chargers, it's the Denver Broncos. They're 5-16 and 16 in their last 21 matchups against uh, Denver. Uh, now, if you want to look more recently, like with Justin Herbert, his ra- uh, stats, and not stats, but uh, his record against him, he's one and two uh, over the last three meetings. So uh, he's looking to get to 500. Denver kind of gives Herbert's fits playing uh, playing with him uh, the last three matchups. His performance has been mediocre. He's 78 for 120, 834 yards. That comes out to about like 278 yards per game, but it's his touchdown interception ratio. That's really a little out of whack. It's six touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, overall, his, his quarterback rating is uh, 88. Uh, last time they met in back in uh, week 12, Denver held the Chargers 13 points, and uh, they defeated LA 28 to 13. So that was a that was a smackdown for a team that scored. Yeah. If you're holding the Chargers 13 points, that seldom, seldom does that happen. Uh, you're going to win the game. You're going to win the game. There is no secret how the Broncos constructed the, uh, their uh, their team and their defense. Uh, they're in the AFC West. The AFC West is a bunch of high-flying teams, pass-heavy teams. So what they do, they do the antithesis and create a, a, a good defense, especially in the back end. So that's their strength, they, uh, the, the Denver Broncos, is their, fourth, their, uh, is their uh, passing defense. Denver is ranked fourth in completion percentage, allowing only 60% for this year. They're ranked sixth in total passing yards with about 210 yards per game. Think about that. Look at the teams that Denver plays. Chiefs, Raiders, nope. Chargers, nope. twice a year. And they're only giving up 200. And so within that, they only give them 210 yards uh, per game. They're also fourth in quarterback uh, rating allowed, 82.3. It's easy to see why Denver now has Los Angeles, like the, their number, because basically the Chargers' strength is their passing game. And uh, Denver's is their secondary. So you have to run the ball on Denver. They're allowing 4.4 yards uh, per carry. They're right in the middle of the pack when 13-15 come in rushing defense. I think that's what's going to take to win the game for the Chargers uh, is to run this ball. What you're ultimately doing, too, don't forget, Brandon Staley and Vic Fangio St- uh, play the same type of defense. And basically, to get those safeties to move up, you're going to have to run the ball and make them play the run so that those big plays can – happen later on down the field because they're if you're not they didn't they didn't when the last time they played they didn't pass rush the metal i didn't they didn't uh, blitz at all no. and this was a blitz heavy team going into week 12 the broncos so they only blitzed four times so they basically just sat back in, in coverage and said hey can herbert beat us and he and he couldn't okay. so the charge is gonna have to run that ball get the safeties up do the do the deep shots down the field yeah, they, not only do they need to run the ball, <clears throat> they need to do more than just make it look like they're trying to run yeah. the ball. Like, they need to force the issue. I have here in my notes, the formula to win here is a minimum 35 rushing attempts. Minimum. Remember, in the last, last three weeks, I've been saying this, the Chargers look better when they rush. They look more efficient when they rush. Like, I said about maybe 34 to 38. That's a little aggressive. I want to say about thirty to thirty-four to more, uh, thirty to forty times, thirty to thirty-four times a game. That's when they look the most efficient. Because, 
but I think with Eckler back, Jackson coming off the game that he just came off of, have to do it. Have to force the issue. You said everything that I wanted to say is Denver's built to stop you in the air, and it's based on who they play in their division and where the majority of their games are. And, you know, Vic Fangio, say what you might say about him as a head coach. He's a damn good defensive coach, a damn good. And you got you better believe these guys are going to be prepared. And just like you said, they didn't blitz you in week 12. I expect you unexpected. They're going to come after you this week. Like they're maybe, just gonna, maybe maybe a bunch of zone blitzes, dude. And they're gonna, but they're still going to have people in coverage, right? And they're still, even if they have to put their corners out on an island, their corners are pretty good. You got Simmons rolling around in that backfield, like he's pretty scary, and he covers a lot of ground. So you have to run the football. And it, to me, the winning is very, the winning formula here is very simple for the Chargers. <clears throat> you have to run the football. You have to limit the turnovers. Stop the run because Drew, Drew but you, can Locke, say, you, you can say that you can say that every game every, every game dude, dude, i don't know why this is not like they have been better as of late though uh, last week i said they've held a bunch of talented runners under 100 yards and under four yards per carry but it's like they got really lazy this past week and show their old they show their old uh ugly head there no listen i you always hate to talk about like one player but no Joey Bosa on that defensive line is like an issue, right? Like the attention that he commands and like frees up for one on like think about like zone scheme runs, right? Like you're blocking an area. You're not necessarily blocking, blocking a man. But when you have to account for somebody like him, that's one less person blocking in an area that yeah, might actually provide for a one on one matchup for a D lineman. And even if you win it. 30% of the time in those scenarios, like those are tackles for a loss. Those are long third downs, right? That Those change the complexion of the game. And I know, like I said, very simple formula, right? Run the football, stop the run, limit the turnovers. But if you really look at it, Drew Locke is not beating your team in the air. Bro, he's not. He's bro. not. Right, here, here, time out. Time out. Oh, not in the air. He still, can, he still can beat them. We said the same thing about Bridgewater. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, they're not losing to a Bridgewater-led team, uh, Broncos team, and they li- and they did. Drew Locke is not Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, um, and Teddy Bridgewater ain't shit. So what does that tell you? Nah, he's still an NFL quarterback, right? Like he's still they're still. Yeah, I guess you could say the same about Drew Locke. Um, but when all said and done, uh, you know they saw the they saw the tape last week, just like we all saw the tape last week, and their running back committee is a little bit stronger than Houston's is. They're coming at you on the ground, and they're gonna smash that ball in between. No, yeah. So yeah, they. So first of all, they have to to uh, to protect Locke first and foremost. And secondly, they didn't run the ball against the Raiders, the Broncos. They ran it like I want to say it was like they struggled to run the football. No, that game was weird. It was only it was only thirteen attempts, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. That's not a the Broncos usually it's like seventeen and seventeen for uh, Gordon and uh, and they uh, lost Rose. the football game and they yeah. lost the football game right so, so like, you think there's going to be an emphasis on running the ball from the Broncos? <laughs> if I look at what Houston just did to you, and I look at who I have in my backfield, you're damn right. There's I just said the Chargers need to run the ball thirty five times. You better believe the Denver Broncos are going to run the ball minimum thirty times this game. Minimum. You heard it. Minimum thirty times. All right, are you are you done with? I'm done. Yeah. All right, we'll talk about winners or losers in a little while of this week. So, all right, so we're shifting gears. 49ers played the Titans last week. I'm honestly just flat out tired of talking about this game, watching this game. Let me summarize this. It hurt. 
and it hurt really bad. Here's the 30,000 foot view of this game. 49ers had every opportunity to make this somewhere between a 17 and a 24 nothing game before the half. The Titans offense was actually non-existent and the 49ers D had a hell of a scheme drawn up, but you knew it wouldn't last forever. Teams adjust. The Titans did that in the second half. And then all of a sudden, A.J. Brown wakes up, right? Tannehill's completing some passes. They still didn't run the ball on us. Like, they, they didn't have a, a, a running attack. But like we talked about earlier this week, Lou, with, with Jesse on his show, the glaring issue and the talk of the town right now is with Jimmy, with number 10. Now, now we actually know that he hurt himself in that game and played through it. But the struggles came long before that injury. Um, missed throws to open receivers, forced throws to non-open receivers, on and on and on. I don't want to belabor any of this. I talked about how our cornerbacks are liabilities right now, even when D'Amico's in his bag hiding those deficiencies for halves. He did this against Cincinnati the previous week where it didn't or the week prior to Atlanta where Cincinnati like literally didn't wake up till like seven or eight minutes left in the fourth quarter and then started getting into their bag a little bit. I wish I saw more from my Bosa. Um, he just didn't show up in, in, in the stat column, but we still had a pass rush. Like we still sacked Tannehill four times. We still got to the quarterback Mm -hmm. um, and got in his face, especially in the first half, but I don't want to spend any more time on that either. Like I'm literally (laughs) over this game here. Here's the quality of a good football team. It is one that steps on the throat of a bully when they have a chance. I thought we were that team when we throttled the LA Rams thought we were that team but we just weren't able to do it like this dude Lou, this game should have been over before the half yeah it it, it would have required an utter collapse in the second half if we don't miss use check wide open if we don't Uh, force the ball to a not even close to open george kittle where even if we kick a field goal there you're talking about 13 the use the juice uh, touchdown should have been touchdown pass that makes it 20 nothing right like if you're just doing random things and the way Tennessee looked in the first half they, they would think there was no chance of revitalizing that you could sit in a shell all second half and just force them to eat clock but that's it Tennessee did nothing impressive um they certainly didn't feel and look like that 10 can, and 5 can, I t- can I tell you what they did do impressive though they adjusted that's what well, they did to me on, coaching third down man Tannehill, I think, converted nine, nine third and uh, longs. That's incredible. All in the second half, dude. They didn't move the ball in the first half of that football game. So you're right. Third down, big spotlight for them, and that's where they convert third downs on offense, can't get off the field on third down in defense. That's a problem, right? That, yo, that's maddening when you're so good on first and second down. And third and longs, third and longs, yeah. not even just like third and three, third and four. Like these were third and eight pluses mm-hmm. that they converted on. It was maddening, dude. It was so frustrating. But again, I, outside of the adjustments that they made, uh, I, this to me felt more like a 49er loss than it did a Tennessee Titan win. They didn't feel like the 10 and 5 team that their record says they are after the game. Um, this one hurts. And it could literally be the one that got away in the one game that may, in fact, at this point in the season, just keep you out of the playoffs, depending on how things shake out over the next two weeks. So super frustrating game. Super, super frustrating game. And what made it worse was that it was a Thursday night game. So having to right before like, Christmas. sit through like yeah, like literally right before Christmas and then have to sit through the weekend. And just stew on that as you're watching other teams play. Like that was a kick in the balls. Like it it sucked. It sucked. 
Some uh, a tough week last week. We got coal in our stocking. So. We sure did. I promise I'll be on my best behavior in 2022. So one more day to misbehave. Um, and we'll keep we'll count tonight as misbehavior as well. But now now it's on to the Texans. My, Lou, you joke that you say jokes until people laugh and then they don't go away. Well, you mock me for this every week and you did it earlier this week. But this, this is time, the biggest I'm, game of the year for this, this is a time. Game. I am dead serious. They have to win. There's <laughs> Lou, you lose this game. There's like there's literally no other way around it than to come out and say they have to win this game. They don't even control their own destiny. So even if they win out, there's things that can happen that keep them out of the playoffs. So it's going to require help along the way. But it starts with a W against Houston. Like we saw firsthand what they did last weekend, the Texans. So let's keep this all in perspective. The 49ers, well, before I do that, they have to – I don't want to hear the shit about we own the Rams when we talk about these big brothers things. I I think earlier in the season on a Monday night coming to San Francisco or Santa Clara, a totally different scenario than this late in the season with a rolling Rams team going into L.A., um, where they're trying to to bid up the ladder and get a higher seed and play a lesser opponent in the playoffs. I don't. I'm not subscribing to that. We're just going to roll into LA and beat up on them like we have the last five times. I don't believe that to be the case. Um, so they again have to win this game. We saw firsthand what Houston did to you folks last week, right? So keeping everything in perspective, the 49ers have to stop the run. While I think. This individual is a capable player. I do not believe Davis Mills is going to win any games on his own right now. When the Texans are going to win, it's going to be complimentary football, which means they're going to have to run the rock. But the good news is, is the 49ers are actually pretty stout against the run and have been all season. So, and that's, so hopefully that remains true, right? Like watch, fucking burkhead go for like two two in the nickel and like just three touchdowns this week i'll literally kill myself um but i think like if i'm if i'm in if i'm in the the film room if i'm in the coaches meetings i'm devising literally the exact same game plan i did against the titans i think these teams are built eerily similar like to me ryan Tannehill doesn't win football games like everybody around him needs to to play well except the difference being this week like have to take advantage of your opportunities on the offense. And speaking of offense, we know the talk right now is, is Jimmy or is Trey starting this game? And I know you're going to have some commentary here in a minute. So let me get something out before you jump in. You're well-versed on my feelings on this subject at this point in time. I just don't see how a struggling quarterback with a UCL tear that actually uh, right here, right? The ligament right in here that allows you to grip anything, let alone a football for control, strip sacks, throwing the ball, whatever it is, should even start this game. Even if he says he's able to go, I don't care. Like the game is too important, but here are the facts, Lou. I don't give a shit who starts this game. I don't. When all said and done, I'm still a 49ers fan, even though I'm here to debate their strategy Like I said earlier about your game, this game, the formula is simple. They need to hand the ball off 35 times. Elijah Mitchell should be back. Jeff Wilson's healthy. Debo, 
all these guys need to touch the ball out of the backfield. If Trey plays, then it's an added bonus. Devise some RPO and let this man get on the move. We know he can. I've, I've, I've seen you design RPO with Jimmy, and I have no idea why that's even happening. Like, let that happen with Trey, and, and, and then we go from there. But if you don't win this game, 49er fans, forget about the 2021 playoffs because you're not going into L- – you can't beat this team at home. You're not going into L.A. and beating that team either. We were talking earlier uh, about Kyle Shanahan and the fact that Kyle is trying to rush Jimmy G back in this game on Sunday. It's not good, and it could, could be – it's bad for two re- – could be either or now. Two reasons why this could, uh, I think this is bad. Either A, Lance isn't progressing as he still likes, and he has trepidation putting him in, put him in, in the game. Or B, Kyle's just being too stubborn now with his love affair for Jimmy G. Uh, and that's showing tunnel vision, and that's I feel like that's towards – when you start playing like that, or coaching like that, I feel like that's probably the back nine of your career career for that organization. Like that's the start of the back nine. Yeah. So I do think it's a combination of both, right? Like I'm the first to admit that Kyle is super stubborn and listen, he's just signed like a freaking six year extension. So he's going to have to fuck up for at least two or three more years before he is literally rode out of town. That's what I'm saying. It's a start. This could be a start. It could be the start, but this goes back to what we've always said. And we said this at the beginning of the season and maybe and maybe there is truth to this. Maybe there is truth. Both things can be right, and both things don't necessarily have to be bad. And what I mean by that is maybe the truth still is that Jimmy gives them the better shot to win the football game. That could be true, right? What did we know about Trey when he was coming out? Huge upside. But did he play at the level that – some of the previous quarterbacks played at. No, he didn't. He lost a year of football without playing. So we knew there was going to be a learning curve. And I think the 49ers hope was that they never had, Trey would never have to see the field in year one because of those things. And if he didn't see the field, it was because Jimmy stayed healthy and we were competing and winning football games. And then the formula plays out the way. I, I am. I know what you're saying, but I'm, I'm, I'm hear me loud and clear when I say this. If if it is true that Trey is not progressing to Kyle Shanahan's liking, that doesn't scare me of like, oh, my God, we drafted the wrong person. This kid's 21 years old. He's a rookie. I just talked about where he played football and how long it's been since he's played football. We knew things were going to happen. But I look around and look at the other quarterbacks that were drafted in this draft, and I look at Trevor Lawrence, and I look at Zach Wilson, I look at Justin Fields, and I look at Mac Jones over the last few weeks. Tell me which one of those is is ready and progressing uh, the way that you'd want. They're rookies. They're rookies. You just can't judge them with the same lens. So here, so earlier this year, I said I want Trey to play. Right. I think I've specifically said it and demanded it after the loss against Indianapolis. And I said no. (laughs) And you said no. But at that point, after losing three straight in the way that the team looked, it felt like to me time to mail in 2021. So now the best way to progress your quarterback, your rookie quarterback that you've invested in so much, is let him play. Because then the struggles and the kinks get ironed out on the field with nothing to lose. But if you're a head coach, 
and you're competing for this playoff spot and you have a little bit of hesitancy or a little bit of doubt, it's like now the best time to figure out what you got as, as a rookie. Maybe the energy and the injury to Jimmy forces that evaluation. So what I'm saying here is I'd still love to see Trey go out there, right? Like I don't – He's going out there. He has I, to. There's no way – physically there's no way Jimmy G can play this game. And then if the kid plays, he's going to get another shot. If it doesn't go well – well, Jimmy's going to get marched right back out against LA or in that first round of the playoffs. Like that could happen as well. So 49er fans set your expectations. But if, if Trey plays well and looks like he's progressed a little bit and that equals a W, it might be him from there on out, depending upon how he wins the game. But what I'm saying to you, and I am not to be redundant is that's why I say both things can be right. And that Kyle is stubborn and that Trey maybe is not progressing. The big thing that I want to lean on is if Trey is not progressing, I'm okay with that. This is first season in the NFL. He's 21 years old. Jimmy's been healthy for the majority of the season with the practice regulations and things like COVID going around and the proper protocols you're going through. Like he's getting scout team reps. He's not getting first and second team reps with starting O and starting thing. It's just different. It's just different. Like come next year, he'll get another off season. If by year three, cause he didn't play in year one. If the, 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 if the narrative is he's still not progressing, that's when the issue arises to me. I don't, I'm not concerned about it at all See, I, in his I, rookie I, year. Real quick. And then I guess, unless you have anything else to say, no, we'll no, then on, we can but, get on. Yeah. So, it's not like it's Rodgers or Brady. Like an injured Rodgers will give you a better ch- chance to win a game than Love, yeah. right? This is this is Jimmy G. Yeah. Almost, you know, a bottom this fifteen is, quarterback in the NFL. Bottom, he's lucky bottom fifteen. Oh yeah, bottom fifteen. Okay, yeah. meant, at least at top fifteen. I mean, what are we talking about here? Like, why? So you're basically saying uh, potentially injured Jimmy G is better than your first round draft pick that's been with your team now for almost you know for a while. Like I mean, the first you know for this first season, like it's not the first week of the season. So how's an injured Jimmy G better than Trey Lance right now? Okay, well let me ask you this, just to put this into perspective, and we'll move on. We don't know what Trey is yet, right? Because we saw one game against the Cardinals where I thought he actually played pretty well. We saw a second half against the Seahawks where he played. He looked really good, actually. But we haven't seen a lot of him. But if you're going into a must-win game right now. They're playing the Texans. I know the Texans beat us, but come on. No, no. But, like, it's still a, you still have to win this football game, right? Like, you, ha- I'm telling you statistically they have to win this football game. So if, if you're going into a must-win game, and you had to choose between an injured Jimmy G that tells you he can play, and you and you have to trust in that because he does command and does control the offense. He's a game manager when all said and done. Not the best, but a game manager. Or Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, or Justin Fields. Who are you taking to start this football game? You're probably – I'm going to answer it for you because I don't want to go down this long tunnel. But you still would probably turn around and say – Jimmy, right? If you look at all three of their performances for the year, you'd probably all four of those people and then three rookies, you'd still would say Jimmy's performed better than they have. So why should it be any different for for Trey? And they seem to field all year long. They seem to field Jimmy has performed better than than they have 
with a normal thumb. That's why. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if he would with that one. Yeah, I don't know. Like I've never tore my UCL. I, wanna, I wouldn't want to risk that. Yeah. I mean, I it probably stopped me from doing other things, but I don't know. It stopped <laughs> me from throwing a football. All right. So let's get out of this debacle. Uh, we'll see what this weekend brings, and we'll be back next week to talk about it. So into our I think freaking out our freaking out section. What are you freaking out about? NFL fans in their 30s and 40s are freaking out this from this news of this past week with the passing of John Madden at 85. Yeah. How big was he to our childhood? He was like I say, he's a childhood staple when we were talking. He's brought so much to the game and even to our lives by having a successful video game that we grew up with was by the way the standard of all sports video games i feel like he really he really accelerated the growth of sports video games uh and created that empire ea sports so a fantastic you know visionary when it comes to video games an amazing comment commentator when it comes to diagnosing and basically what he did that was so great weston he he talk about football play, but in a blue collar way, so you can understand and be educated. And it just met you didn't make you didn't make you feel dumb. It just made you felt inclusive. Uh, and let's not forget, he's also perhaps the most winningest. Uh, I think he's the winningest coach of all time from a winning percentage standpoint. He only coached for I think like ten years or what have you. But I mean, I think he's like over a hundred and, and he had thirty-seven losses. Like he, his winning percentage is pretty up there. I think it's like seven seventy-six percent or what have you. So whatever he did, he did it his way, and he did it fan- in a fantastic method. Yeah, um, really saddening news. Um, like you, I mean, my my childhood is soundtracks of Madden and Summer yes. Hall calling 49er versus Cowboy games, 49er versus Giant games. Um, <clears throat> I just they're well, to forever, they're to they're, they're in on Thanksgiving. Um, his food takes in every game, no matter what city they were in, he knew what was the best restaurant or he the did. best sandwich to get. Like he was so great. And honestly, like as great of a coach as he was, and I think he was the youngest NFL coach ever at the time that he was hired as mm. an NFL coach. He was in his young thirties, um, maybe like 35, might even have been younger at the time when, when Al Davis hired him as the, the head coach. But his obviously yeah, his we big, really need a stack guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. His biggest contribution is what he did in the booth to my lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and how I remember him. And that's when the Madden games and everything came out. And, you know, he, he was just, he was just different. Like he was just the life of it. Like, dude, he introduced the drawing on the screen and remember talking about Gatorade's buckets Babies. getting married and having Gatorade baby buckets. See, it's like see, that's just, what made him so great, Wes, because yeah. he did his way. Howard Cosell, like everything he was the standard before uh yep. uh you know you know Howard Cosell was very prim and proper and professional and great voice and like whatever talked you know amazingly Howard Cosell and then you have John Matt all right this guy over here he's gonna pull him pow like he's using sound effects and like yeah. out of my ideas and stuff like that when he's like talking to yeah. you in your in your living room. He he was such a pioneer in helping um, others get their career off the ground, specifically female sportcasters and being sideline reporters and things of that nature. Like he was just a just an all around like so funny because for as loud as he is in the booth, like everything you see, he was just like so soft spoken like outside of it, you know, and just like. Yeah. 
commanded presence. I mean, dude, you and I grew up playing Madden, right? Like I owned every version of Madden. I think I didn't I get the, the first year. I did not get it. I definitely so got the second year. I had it. I played, I had every version because before Madden, there was Joe Montana sports talk football. Um, had that and then Madden and like Sega, these are Sega Genesis games when we they were getting are. them. And then I think the last Madden I owned was maybe f- either 15 or 16, probably 15, um, 2015, but 2014 and 2015, I, and never even took them out of the package. Like, but that's how much I felt like I owed to that franchise is I bought the games, even when my video game systems were not there because i was like i i have literally owned every version of this since it's been out like how do i not buy the the version of it now the issue is at my age if i bought madden i'd probably lose my job i'd have to stop doing this with you because i would just sit in front of the screen and and play (laughs) all day of what my wife would leave me my kid would hate me um but yeah man uh someone who Feels like he's so far removed from the game at this point in time, but like it was still so, so relevant, so impactful. I mean, just knowing of of his passing, like football got a little worse this week. I don't know. I don't know how else to explain it because that is, that is a legacy figure that can never be duplicated. That is gone, and you know, Weston, you hear the the, that sucks a lot. Yeah, you hear the corny cliche. He's just a football guy. That's that's yes. That's Madden. He's just a football guy, yep. man. Yep. I mean, there's no yeah. other way to put that. So, yeah. John Madden, rest in peace. Uh, you will be missed, man, for sure. But your legacy will live on. I have no doubt about that. All right. So let's get out of some of the sombering news, and let's talk about where I'm overreacting, which I have joy to say that I'm overreacting in this regard. And I don't like to dunk on people, but or or on teams, but I'm going to dunk on this team. And I'm going to enjoy it for a little while. And it's going to bring me bad karma, but I don't care. The Seattle Seahawks. If I'm a Seahawks fan, I'm in despair. The Seahawks actually failed to make the playoffs for the first time in the Russell Wilson era. Um, it's the first time since 2011 that P. Carroll has finished with a losing record. So what's the problem? Sounds like 10 years of uh, a good run. Uh, but. The Legion of Boom has been long dismantled, right? And that was a, a backbone of this team for quite some time. There's a real possibility that in two weeks, the the final glue pieces on both offense and defense are gone after the season and Russell Wilson and all-pro linebacker Bobby Wagner. They traded a lot of draft capital to acquire Jamal Adams, and we've seen how well that's worked out for them. Uh, to me, the biggest concern here is obviously the potential departure of Wilson this offseason. Coming into the season, we talked about it. It was rumored that there was discourse behind the scenes and Russ could request a trade. You had a number of teams that actually uh, looked into that potential trade. I think the Chicago Bears even announced like they were getting Russell Wilson, right? Like, And it didn't even come to, to fruition. But Russ struggled for a majority of the season, including missing his first game action due to injury in his in- entire career. And the offense just never seemed to get on track. So here's the reality in Seattle. It is probably time to blow this up. If you trade Russ in the offseason, helps you recruit some of the collateral that you've lost in the Jamal Adams trades and other moves along the way, because uh, he's going to command a, a high price from a, a team that is quarterback needy. Um, and, it, and then it's time to just get younger and, and start from scratch and, like I said, begin the rebuild. 
I know Seahawk fans probably don't want to hear that. I know Pete Carroll himself suggested a retool over rebuild, but for me, it's it's just time to rebuild. And in a division where you have a young, soaring Arizona Cardinal team, a young, soaring L.A. Rams team, you know the the former one time beast of the NFC West could be in for for some troubling times. Yeah, uh, I think this is the the chink in the arm. This is the you know the, the what was it the straw that broke the camel's back here. This losing record, this losing season. Um, I think it's going to be a lasting impression. And I think yes, I think if they need to. I think Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks are going to look at each other and say, "Hey, it was a great ride." They're going to do what they uh, with the uh, Lions and Stafford. I think uh, how that all went down. You need to trade me. You're in cap hell. I don't like where our team is going. You can recoup draft picks, get cheaper, get younger. I go to a contender, you know, and you get something for me. I think it's going to be like a an amber, uh, 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 you know, a cordial uh, divorce. I agree. Um, and I'm sure both parties, once that conversation happens, will be fine to have this happen again. Who's going to sneeze at a a 10-year run of supremacy, right? Like in the NFC, specifically in the NFC West. Uh, but all good things come to an end. It's just the way it is. Do you have another one you're freaking out about at all? You know, I'm, I'm going to be beating a dead horse. And, but, and I'm not a homer, but I never talk about my team usually in these types of things. But if I'm a Chargers fan, I'm freaking out. They – Control their own destiny so late in the season and completely embarrass themselves uh, against a three and eleven team. Now LA needs to win out and get some help to uh, not impossible, but it's just it's just unfortunate that they're uh, of where uh, the position they put themselves in. Yeah, um, we talked about it, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's it's tough, especially this late in the year. Just the the wrong time to to suffer Listen, that. I kind of feel like they're a year away. You know I do not subscribe to that, Lou. Because uh, I could say the same thing about the team that I'm positively freaking out um, in the Cincinnati Bengals, right? So thus continues the AFC roller coaster. You know, just a few weeks ago, they were I think yeah, we were bashing the Bengals. Yeah, they're two-game skid. Uh, they now sit atop uh, top of the AFC North. Um, they're a game up on the Ravens, who have somehow found a way to lose four straight games, which I don't even know if like Harbaugh's ever done that. Um, but after some tough sledding, the Bengals have won two straight. Burrow coming off his best game as a pro, where he threw for over 500 yards. T. Higgins coming off his best performance as a pro. Um, you know, Jamar Chase is getting back on tracks, had a couple good productive games in a row here. And if they can re-solidify that run uh, run game with, with Joe Mixon, I mean, they're going to be a problem in, in the playoffs for the AFC. They have a pass rush, man. Hendrickson is getting after people. Hubbard's getting after people. Um, they, they play on, on both sides of the ball. I think this rebuild that the Bengals were going through when after having the number one pick and drafting uh, Joe Burrow just has happened a lot sooner than than most folks would think, um, including myself. And I just think there's a lot to be um, excited about in Cincy. And I know, you know, other pundits out there would be like, you know, they'll probably get a you know first round bounce out there a year too early. And I just I just don't subscribe to that. Like play play well they all said the 49ers were a year too early got to the afc the uh the super bowl lost that super bowl and look what happened the following year yeah no i told you how good the Bengals are i love their i love their offense uh 
because it's multidimensional. They can run the ball. They can pass the ball. But, yeah, I do think they're also a year, year or two early. Uh, all their playmakers and the leaders on the team are, like, 25 years old or younger. I think you need more experience there. I think you need – you have to go through the heartaches. Seldom does a, team, a, a young team like this come in and go far. So, you know, this watch them go far now because I said this. But I, I, they're one – another team I feel like is a little, a little year too early. But they're going to be – trouble for years to come i'm gonna tell you that yeah well so i understand the the mat you know the maturity thing especially when it comes to the playoffs and you're looking for some some savvy vets out there that have experience in the playoffs but sometimes man there, there's nothing more dangerous than a team that's young dumb and full of you know what <laughs> um because they don't know any better right like they don't know any Cre- better creating, creating, yeah right? it, exactly and they just think hey i'm i'm talented you can't stop me um and they have that swag about them all right, yep. so let's get into our offensive, defense, and defensive players of the week. Uh, one thing for for me, Lou, is um, I had quite a few on both sides of the ball that were hard to to deny. So maybe if you had a couple, we'll rattle off a couple each. I'm sure we'll have some duplicates here, so we can probably get through get through this. But a couple gonna... nice offensive and defensive performances this week. Okay, I'm going to do. Uh... A two for one special, because uh, you just alluded to the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to stay right, in so Cincinnati. I'll cross out my number one real fast. And you're probably <laughs> number three. Uh, <laughs> Joe Burrow, like you said, a career, a career day, 37 for 46, 525 yards, averaging 11.4 yards uh, per throw and uh, four touchdowns against, yeah, no, they're not good. They're secondary, the Ravens, but they still can give you problems. But the fact that, no, and no turnovers, that, that was pretty big. And he was thrown to, his second-year receiver, T. Higgins, who had 12 catches, 194 yards, and two touchdowns. So, deadly combination there. I mean, Jamar went over 100, like uh, a good offensive output from Cincy. And they were, as a pair, were my number one as well. I, I stole a little of your thunder last week, uh, throwing in those pairs. Uh, so, number two on my list, and it will be a number one for me to say, uh, Dak Prescott, 28-39, 330, four TDs. What stood out to me the most in this game, though, outside of like, I mean, those are pretty impressive stats. And obviously this game was over like well before halftime was he had five receivers with over 50 yards receiving and none over 100. So spread the ball, spread the ball, ball, right? Like, so when you're a defense, like, what do you do? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, how do you stop that? Like, oh, I oh, this series, I got to take away Cooper. CD Lamb's open, you know? That is him being in the zone. He's not looking for yep. specific players. He's, he he knows he's like okay, this defense is giving me this. I ne- I need to just execute the this. play. Yeah. Just execute the play, right? Um, all right. You got any? You got others that you want to rattle off? Anybody real, that you're? I'll, I'll say another one real quick. Uh, probably not your your best stat line, but coming to the fact that this gentleman had seven catches all year coming into this past weekend, Isaiah McKenzie uh, of the Buffalo Bills. Seven catches for the whole year, comes in, drops 11 catches for 125 yards and a touchdown. Pretty impressive for a guy who just you know, steps up. Yeah. Um, had him on my list as well. I had some other obviouses like Burkhead obviously had a game. Josh Allen had a game. Devontae had a game. But there's two that I want to put together that played in separate games. But uh, to me, they did the same exact thing essentially as one another, and they were dual threats for their offense. So the first, Justin Jackson, 64 yards rushing, two TDs. Had 98 yards receiving. I mean, that's a that's a nice, solid 160 yard of offense output. 
um, in a loss, unfortunately. And then Chase Edmonds did the same thing in a loss, 56 yards rushing in a TD, 71 um, receiving yards. So you're talking about almost 130 yards of total offense in a loss and like his first game action back with, with Connor out. Um, and that's Nick Chubb too. Yeah, Chubb too. Um, Chubb had Chubb had 17 carries, 126, a touchdown, three catches, 58 yards. Yeah, I mean, when your running backs are doing that for you, like that's nice. Like yeah. that's that's an added bonus, right? Like I know Jonathan Taylor's putting up all those sexy stats and you know running for 100 yards on like 30 carries and finding the end zone a couple times, but when you can find running backs like the way that Jackson played, the way that Edmonds played, that stay on the field for all three downs, that that's beneficial to your offense. I agree. Right. I agree. We talk I'll, about defense. I'll, I'll defer to you. I always okay. go first offensive, and okay. I'll be a gentleman. So very tempted because you know I love my team defensive scenarios to say Miami's D. I mean, now you're because we had them before, sir. Dude, eight sacks, two picks, gave up three total points, but they played a very overwhelmed. Underman team, yep. Um, in quarterback Ian Book in his first experience, like not a fair, not a fair game for Ian to go out there. And I'll tell you what, that boy took hits, got up. Every there were times where he was laying on that turf, and I bet he wanted to stay there, but he was like, "The least I can do for this team right now is get off this turf." Right? Like, <laughs> like literally, that's what it felt like watching. So my actual number one guy. Off the scrap heap is balling out this year. Rasul yes. Douglas. Good for you. Five tackles, two passes defense, two INTs. This is not his first multiple pick game um, in the last couple weeks. And on a team that already boosts a first-round draft pick in Eric Stokes, um, has just had uh, Jair Alexander, Alexander on IR for a while. Um, and just coming back, like Rasul has filled in and filled in admirably. And – I know I'm calling him out this week, but he's been balling for a few weeks. So real quick, I'm not sure if you know the whole Rizul, uh, uh Douglas story, but when he came to the Packers and he got that first interception in his first game, uh, he came from the Eagles. And yep. he's like, it's kind of crazy. He's like, this is the first time I'm actually like learning about football and like techniques and stuff like that. He's like, the Eagles didn't teach me anything. I feel like I'm getting taught here in the Packers. So that's glaring. When it comes to the Eagles, when you when you think about that, but also he's a quick study. He's a quick say, study. Say that for sure. Uh, that's a solid, solid find for them this year. Yeah. Who so uh, I will raise your gentleman who scored uh, or who uh, had two interceptions, uh, and I'll raise you Micah Hyde. He had six tackles and two interceptions against the New England Patriots. I boy, I bet that felt good because after they lost to the Patriots. I think him and Poyer, uh, at that press conference, got asked some stupid questions, and uh, I'm sure this was a good redemption, you know, redemption song from Micah Hyde. Yeah, so I'll see your two ints and raise you another two ints. <laughs> uh, Anthony Barr from the Minnesota Vikings had six yes. tackles in that game, two picks, two passes defensed, uh, a QB hit. He was all over the field. Um, for a for an off the ball linebacker, I know he blitzes a lot and they use him differently. Yeah, but, but to have two interceptions as a linebacker is oh you're oh that's a three sack game for me. Yes, I mean in 
covering right like not just like oops this found me right yeah. like running down the field with a tight end or a back and, and making uh, a nice so, or sitting in the like, zone yep. yeah yeah reading the quarterback mm-hmm. um you know that's difficult stuff to do that's why fred warner gets a lot of praise for what he does because he's so good in pass coverage as a Leonard too yeah. yeah yeah i mean these guys find the ball you got another one or no i'm gonna be stingy wow you yeah, are I'm not real stingy st- i had yeah. eight people on my list i have another one but no all right all right so we're out we're out so what are you watching this weekend uh kansas city cincinnati that's the best game on the ticket i feel like and it's just for me entertainment factor you got burrow versus mahomes you got hill and kelsey versus chase and higgins you got andy Reid versus harper in the from the ribs the eight the night before what else could you want from this game? You couldn't wait to get that one out. Could not wait. Um, well, seriously, what else could you want? It's it's star studded. It's yeah. gonna be fun. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, should be flexed. All that. Um, but to me, the I mean, this is a potential playoff game, right? Yeah. Like this, you could see this matchup again, depending upon how these playoffs shake out. I do think it's likely that Kansas City ends up with the first round bye, um, mm. but this is a potential playoff matchup and we're getting it right before the playoffs. Like This is primetime television to me, so mm. I agree. I had that as number one on my list. Um, I also have the, the Rams versus the Ravens as a game that I'll keep an eye on outside of my own game, of course, because I think Baltimore badly needs to get off this skid. Yeah, but Lamar is still... So I have this as my note. If Lamar's not playing, this carries no sex appeal to me. But if Lamar is playing, another star-studded game. You got Lamar going up, you know, some of the studs on um, the Rams' defense. You know, you got Cooper Cup coming to town. What's he going to do to that uh, secondary? Sonny Michelle's running all over the place. So uh, a lot of good people there. But to me, this game is much more attractive if Lamar's playing. I agree. I agree. You have another? Yeah, well, I got a topic. Uh, AFC playoff pitcher. There are four teams who are currently nine and six, four teams who are eight and seven, vying for that sixth and seventh playoff seed. And that's not forget about also the Steelers who are seven, seven, and one, and the Browns and the Broncos who are seven and eight. There's so many different scenarios that can happen for the sixth and seventh seed because there's literally uh, 10 teams still vying for two spots. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, what's not good for you though is I look at Miami sitting yeah, at seven and Baltimore sitting at eight, and both have tiebreakers over the Chargers due yeah, to head to head. Hold on though, Miami has a tough schedule. Tennessee they play this week, and then they play New England. New England, yeah. So I do remember that. So Miami's got a tough slate, and it looks like Baltimore doesn't have an easy one going against the Rams and whoever else they got. Right? So the Steelers, I think the Steelers. You got to win. You got to win out, dude. You yeah. got to win out. Um, that's what makes last week even more painful for both of us because we're we're both sitting in that same boat. Um, I mean, I, I'm also looking at the Arizona-Dallas game. I think that's another potential playoff game. And what intrigues me the most is if Green Bay somehow, some way, slips up against Minnesota again on Sunday night and Dallas can manage to win this game against a wow. reeling Arizona team, Dallas jumps to the one seed, bro. Wow. And they could have a first round buy. And nobody that, saw that coming. Yeah, nobody that, saw that coming. Dallas would need that. Dallas, that would be huge for them not to have to go to Green Bay in December. Yeah. They're not built for that. 
They need to play. They need to play in their house, bro. They need to play in their house right now. Yeah. Yeah. They're because their defense is not. They're, they're finesse. They're not physical, yeah. right? Like you got to be physical in January in a at a place like Lambeau. Hey, neither, neither the Packers defense though. They're they're finesse. Yeah, but they run all over them. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. But it doesn't matter because Aaron Rodgers is going to get you. He's gonna get you, dude. What I tell you in the beginning of the season, when he pulls all this shit in the in the in the beginning of the season, it's just the way he remotivates himself and does all this stuff. And he goes on air and he's talking about his COVID advice and yada yada yada. He does this to piss you off. He wants you to hate him because then he just goes and wins MVP, and then he's just gonna go into the NFC Championship game. Like he, you know, Brady gets a lot of credit for playing with a chip on his shoulder, but Aaron Rodgers plays with a pretty big chip on his shoulder too, yeah, still to yeah. this day. All right, our favorite segment. Let's get into the weekly pickums. Lou, last week. Yeah, we're killing it, by the way, with these. We movies. are doing very well. Um, last week you were 10 and 6. I was 11 and 5. So, so you, I picked I'm up only, another game. I picked up three games in the last two weeks on you. So I'm up only by two games. You're up two games right now. You are 96, 62, and 1. I am 94, 64. And one, but I want to be very transparent about something. One, I also games... have a question too, by the way. Yeah, this does this stop when the regular season st- uh, stops? We can maybe we'll do a playoff on air, too. make a friend friendly playoff wager. Okay, we'll figure out what the, the yeah, we'll make playoff predictions who wins yeah. each game. Yeah, 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 we'll still keep doing that, but that's a new record that doesn't can like regular seasons. Excuse me, is the regular season. But there's one thing that I do want to say. The um, Ravens game, right? Yeah, because we both had Baltimore. We bo- we picked this and did not know. We knew that Lamar was iffy, but we yeah. definitely had no idea that Huntley Hunt, yeah. wasn't <laughs> playing and Josh Johnson was coming in, which I do think changed things. Even though Josh Johnson actually played a pretty good game for them. He did. Um, and I talked about this on Jason's fantasy show because you weren't able to be at how Baltimore is like a bunch of geniuses because they bring in quarterbacks. They don't have to change the offense. Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley, Josh Johnson, you can run the exact same offense so long as they know it. It's just a matter of who's a little bit more talented than the rest, right? Like that's why one's a starter versus one being a backup. So I do – I do want to call that out um, to say that, like, okay, you know, that difference between you being 11 and five and me being 12 and four is sometimes we pick early in the week and we don't have all the information. Sometimes that's, that's right. just the way um, it boils down. So, all right, let's get into this week's schedule. Let me bring back my notebook because I have to write this down to make <laughs> this my, is my life. favorite part of the show. Just watching you go through this notebook and circle. All right. So, we're, what week are we in? Week. 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lou. Weston. First game up. We'll go back and forth. I'll start one, then you start one. We go. All right. Yeah. I see what you're trying to do here. Um, I got you. So, no oh, Thursday get, nights. Dude, Sunday I, night. I, I, I get petty, man. <laughs> I get it, dude. I, I want to win, too. Um, Pride's on the line here. So first game up, I'll I'll let you pick Atlanta at Buffalo. Buffalo. <laughs> that's laughing. it. That's like <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> yeah. All right. G-Men at the Bears. I'm gonna say the Bears. 
Just because it's away. Bears, and I'll tell you later why. Okay. When we hang up. Um, next. Oh, this is a tough one. Kansas City at Cincinnati. At Cincinnati. Give me Kansas City. You know what? I have to say Kansas City, too. Because for all that hype that I just gave them, yeah, you know, that's mature be a... enough to beat this Chiefs team and Andy Reid just yet. Because they're your way. <laughs> they probably are. But again, I don't subscribe to that. We're not in the playoffs here. All right. Miami at Tennessee. Wow. I got a tough one here, too. This, this is very tough. I'm going to go Tennessee because it's in Tennessee. Um, they've had a couple extra days to recoup since they played a Thursday night prior to the holiday. Uh, they'll get some of their offensive line back that was not available due to COVID and things of that nature. So I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Tennessee in this game. I, I too am going to go with Tennessee and I just don't feel like that you're asking me, wow, how did the dolphins win seven in a row? Did you see who they played? Yeah. 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 Like, can we, can we not describe? I, mean, I know that you only play who's on your schedule, but this was we had talks like this in the beginning year, the first three or four weeks in the season. The the Broncos, you know, they're three and zero. The the Panthers, they're three and zero. But you see who they played, and they came back to reality. Not saying Miami is bad. I'm just feeling that, dude. Real this quick, is a, this is a big boy game. Yeah, well, I also get scared away by teams that go one and seven, then seven and zero. Right, big swings like that, like. Too much can go wrong and, and fall off the rails. Do you see that meme going around uh, about the Dolphins, where it had a? You've seen the movie the long, the most ver- recent version of the Longest Yard, right? Like early two oh, thousand. Yes, yes. <laughs> and they had Brucey next to Brucey next to Tua, and they're like, "Brucey out here winning seven straight." <laughs> it did look like him, bro. That bro, was good. I damn near pissed my pants when I was watching that. Yeah, All that right, was so, that was good. So. Raiders Colts in Indy. That's it's your pick. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. It is my yeah. Just the Titans. Raiders Colts at Colts. Carson Wentz may not play, but he probably will. See that? This is this is where I look for the caveat. Fucking matters. I'm gonna say. Remember, Colts. two weeks ago, I picked him as my defensive player of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say Colts, especially if Wentz plays. But if he doesn't play, I mean, I'd like to. It changes things. It, it totally changes, changes things. things. I'm not but... saying Wentz is an all-world beater, but damn, Ellinger from out of Texas, I mean, he ain't going to do anything. Taylor's going to so... run all over him. I need Taylor to run all over him for my yeah, fantasy so I, championship. I say, I say Colts. All right. Um, I got the I got the Jags. Oh, 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 at... oh, oh. Who do you I say Colts, too. I say Colts. Okay. Um, Jags at New England. So I'm taking New England. I'll take New England as well. Trying to end their like little snafu here. They have. This is the right. This is the get right game for them. That's for sure. All right, Tampa Bay at the J E T S Jets. 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 I'll take the Bucks. I'm taking the Bucks as well. Philadelphia at Washington. You? Oh, that's me. Um, <laughs> we like we. we... We were doing a dramatic pause, people. I know. Pregnant <laughs> pause. Pregnant pause and sales. Um, I'm going to say. I'm going to say. I'm going to say Washington. 
and I don't have a reason for that other than I'm hoping you go the other route, and this is a game that I might be able to pick up a game and secretly hoping because I need Philadelphia to lose this week. I'm go- I'll, I will go Philadelphia. I'm, right. not, I'm not happy about it. I wanted to go Washington, but uh, this could be okay. a game I made. I, this, I could separate myself from you here. Yes, you could. Um, Rams at Ravens in Baltimore. I'm going to say uh, Rams. I'm going to say the Rams, too, because it's just too much uncertainty if Lamar is playing or not. I don't think he will. I don't think he's playing either. Broncos at Chargers. Oh, this is me. Woo. I have to take the big brother. I think I'm going to take Broncos on the road. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. I, I mean, dude, to... you said it. Five and six. I mean, that's what Seattle has done to the 49ers, dude. I have to think. If I am to be a full believer that these aren't the same old Chargers. You have to take them. I have to take them. because, And this is just not – You'd have to think by the piss-poor effort against Houston and them getting a boatload of players back, Locke being the starting quarterback. Their secondary is going to be a little thin. They have two guys possibly out, Fuller and Callahan. It just points at a Chargers Chargers win. This is what they would do. They would win a game they shouldn't win and lose a game they shouldn't uh, lose. So I'm saying Chargers. All right. Well, it you'll pains get... me that I'm rooting for my own team. I know. Um, well, I'm faced with that right now. Well, you get to go first, at least. Uh, Texans at 49ers. I'll, I'll take the Niners. I don't, think, I don't think there's any issue here whatsoever. Me too. Moving on. Um, <laughs> don't want to spend any time here. Arizona Cardinals at the Dallas Cowboys. That's me. I'm going to say Dallas. This is in Dallas, and I just think Arizona is on the struggle bus right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm definitely with you. All right. Um, Carolina at New Orleans. Who's playing quarterback uh, for New Orleans? I don't know. I I honestly don't know at this point. I can tell you that I desperately need New Orleans to either lose this game or to win out. So – Carolina, Carolina at New Orleans. At New Orleans. I'm going to have to go to New Orleans. I'm hoping one of their quarterbacks plays for that to happen. I just feel like their defense is still good, New Orleans, right? Yeah. They're, they still have, they, and they still have Kamara. As long as one, as long as either Hill or, or the other guy, you know, start, uh, plays. If it's, if it's, the guy who played against the Dolphins, there's no chance, but I'm going to say New Orleans. I'm going to say New Orleans, too. Uh, Luke Keekley is still not on not, – last I checked, is still in retirement, not coming back to stop some of the, the weapons. And Sam Darnold playing. Quarterback, yeah. So I, I have to go New Orleans as much as it pains me. Uh, Detroit at Seattle. I'm taking Seattle. Wow, you picking against your boys in Detroit, huh? Yeah, I just I just think like Seattle, yeah. Yeah, like I don't think they're they're they can win in Seattle. Either team has nothing to play for in Seattle, like Russ is auditioning now. A lot of players auditioning. This could be his like send off to them. Final home might be his final home game, right? So some things to consider. All right, big ticket here. 
Sunday night, Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. I have to go Packers. I have to go Packers, too. It's hard uh, to beat a team twice in a year. Yes, it is. So I got Green Bay as well. And then Monday night, the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh. Um, I'm going to go Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Cleveland, too. They looked they looked pretty good again, outside of Mayfield's four interceptions. But they ran the ball. Their defense is good. They were still in that game, considering yeah, even all their that. Their defense is, is really getting slept on. I feel like they're, they're, they're pretty damn good. Yeah. Um, and I don't think you need to score a ton to beat the Steelers. No. The only thing that gives me pause is it is most likely Ben's last home game, right? And, like, Ben is a legend, right? Like he's probably a Hall of Fame quarterback when all he is. is so he definitely is. So usually there's like big game send off, but wouldn't it just be so AFC North and the, and the dog pound to like ruin that for them? So I I'm saying Cleveland, but I legit Whereas, yeah yeah I mean the whole we we talked last week. AFC yep. North and AFC West are the most mixed up divisions because everyone's within a game of each other. Yeah, it's so wild. And Cleveland needs to win the game, you know, when all said and done. I don't think even if Pittsburgh wins out, actually, I don't think, I don't really Pittsburgh's, don't think either one of them are making the playoffs, to be honest. But they're not, they are right there, though. Yeah, they are right there, but not mathematically eliminated yet. All right, dude. So that brings us down to the, the home stretch here. It is fantasy football time. Lou, this is championship week. Some of you have waited all season for this opportunity. Uh, you certainly do not want to squander it now. Who, Lou, give me your first player who's going to help somebody win a championship this week. Well, I'm going to have a I love me some me moment right now. Before I do so, people really – I hope they were listening to us these last couple of weeks because we have been on fire when it comes to fantasy football uh, last couple of weeks, I've told listeners to start Ronald Jones, Amon St. Brown, Antonio Brown, Rashad Penny, and Joshua Palmer. All when I told them to start, they did pretty good. And these aren't your everyday players. That These are guys that like you're hoping can get you a couple of points. But all those guys uh, that we mentioned, uh, I feel like we're doing, we're doing a good public uh, service to our, to our listeners here. Sure are. So first and foremost, you mentioned him before, Sony Michelle. Henderson's hurt again. I know Acres could play, but there's a rust factor there, so I fully expect Michelle to get the you know to get the uh, the bulk of the carries this, this past uh, weekend. Even if it's against a, a tough Ravens defense, I still think he'll find the end zone there. And if you notice something, the Rams have changed their offensive scheme dramatically over the last three weeks. They are running way more than they have been prior, and Stafford's passing numbers and outputs have been going down the last three weeks. I feel like they're trying to become physical again and try to learn on the fly when it comes to running the ball. Cause they're going to need to do that against some of the teams in the, in the NFC. I, I you know, uh, for example, the Packers or, or they're going to have to try to run against the Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay. So I feel like Michelle will be a benefactor here because of their change in philosophy on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. I just think you can't ignore the obvious. He's just playing well and it's not, he's, he's not, Henderson is not going to take the game away from him. the only thing that's stopping Sony Michelle right now is, you know, uh game well, Henderson's hurt. or he's exactly what I'm up. saying. Yeah. Right. So like for a little while you were hesitant maybe to put him in because you're like, well, Henderson was the ever damn back. He's back. He's on IR. So nobody's stealing um, 
carries away from Sony Michelle. The only thing that's stopping Sony Michelle right now is an awkward game flow or just a bad game, right? So if he's on your roster, he has to be in. Like there mm-hmm. should be uh, no hesitation um, whatsoever. I have two guys on my list, Lou, that have been on my list for the last two weeks. Um, you mentioned one of the names. I'll I'll I'll, I'll hold that in reserve, but. Um, again, my leading two guys, I said the last two weeks. So just so I'm not being redundant, I'll start with my bottom two guys and we can go a little deeper if we need to. First up for me is going to be Devin Singletary, actually. So if you are in a spot where maybe you lost Leonard Fournette, uh, maybe you lost Henderson and you don't have Sony Michelle, you don't have handcuffs, whatever it might be, you're looking for a flex spot. You know, Devin Singletary made me look real good last week. Lou on Jesse's show, you saw the comment actually shouted out by the person on the bottom of the screen saying, Weston told me to start Singletary and he got me into my championship, right? Like somebody literally put that out there. And not that he's going to give you 25 points, like he's not. But if you need 10 plus from somebody, um, he's been a top 15 back, statistically speaking, for the last three weeks. He has a very, very favorable matchup against the Falcons in a game where Josh Allen should not have to be the leading rusher for this team to win. Um, And as the bills are making a playoff push in a game that they should mop up pretty easily and kind of being the only game in town, I just expect them to get 15 to 18 touches in this game in some capacities and catch the ball out of the backfield for you. So, you know, I I like Devin Singletary in like a PPR league to be like every bit of 15 points this week. That's a good one. He has been trending up the last couple of weeks. I agree with you. Who else you got? I got a, K.J. Osborne, wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Thielen is officially out for the year, so I'm feeling good throwing Osborne in on my starting lineup. Whenever Thielen doesn't play, Osborne does pretty well. Over the last three games, Thielen has missed. Osborne put up 14.7 points, 17.3 points, and 17.8 points. Couple with the fact that we're going to have to play keep up with the Packers. A lot of tension will be held, you know, will be uh, garnered to uh, Justin Jefferson, Jefferson yep. uh, and Dalvin Cook. So I, I fully expect um, Osborne getting you like maybe 70 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. Um, I think Osborne's going to have a good, a good game. I'm actually going against him, so I hope he doesn't. In a similar scenario where this guy had dealing, dealing out, putting Osborne in. Uh, but I I just ex- expect he'll put – again, another potential 15-point-plus game from, from somebody, especially if they're playing catch-up. Um, for me, I'm going, I'm like running back heavy this week. So my, my second one is, uh, Tony Pollard. I think last week, if the game flow had looked different for Dallas, right. Where this game wasn't just over super, super early. Um, he easily would have outproduced Zeke last week. If they didn't throw all over them, um, it will be tougher sledding this week against the Cardinals, but I actually fully expect Pollard to outshine Zeke in this game. He's more explosive, um, he'll get. I think he'll get more opportunities and more touches this week with Zeke. So this is a high-risk, high-reward type play, right? Because that is a committee that you're talking about. Zeke is still going to start the game at running back so long as he's healthy and nothing happens from now till then with COVID list or anything like that. But I think once game flow kicks in, you can't deny that Pollard is just so much more explosive-looking than Zeke. And that Cardinals defast. A specifically Buddha Baker who makes a living being in the backfield and chasing down these backs plays at an elite speed. They need somebody to pull away and, and can maybe create separation. So I, I like this to be a big Tony Pollard game. No, I can definitely see that too, especially if they're, if it's a high scoring game, 
they're going to need to him catch balls out of the backfield. And I don't, I know Zeke can do it, but he's just a little sluggish and a little slower than Pollard. Like you said, because Pollard's more explosive. But so I think that's a good play too. You got anybody else, or you you? I got happy so listen, there? listen. You need every point. You Save it for get. Sunday. No, no, that's all right. Okay. I'm, I'm I'm set. Okay. So you need every point you can get. I'm going to look at a defense here. Wow. I bet the the Chicago Bears versus a Glennon or Jake Fromm led New York Giants. It's been ugly on the offensive side of the ball with the Giants in the last four weeks. Just that's what you're just cherry picking here. Yeah. Yeah, I listen. I I say this about the fantasy football all the time. My defense is week to week. I don't ever draft one of the top defenses um, because that usually just never pans out for me, right? Like whoever's the top rated defense, very rarely do they finish like the top rated defense from a fantasy point perspective. Fantasy points is not just about like points scored against, right? They have to create turnovers. They have to be productive with those turnovers. And I, I play defense week to week. So even going into the championship game, I, I'm scouring the waiver wire. What defenses are available? They're probably better than mine. And you know what? The Chicago Bear defense is a solid play this week. Um, I think Seattle against Detroit is a solid play in their final home game. They're going to want to silence the critics, even though they're playing for, for nothing. I don't know if Goff's playing. I don't know if Tim Boyle's playing. Um, don't really care which one, um, but yeah, I I think some fantasy advice right now and take a long, hard look at your defense um, and make sure you got the one going against the right matchup. Not the one that got you there. The one that's going against the right matchup is what that's it right. boils down to. You have any more? I do, but he's redundant. You've already even mentioned his name and it's Amaran St. Brown. Yeah. Um, I've been calling his name for weeks. Actually, if you go back and listen to this, Lou's been calling his name. We've talked about it on Sundays with Jason. Um, in my PPR leagues over the last four weeks, he's gone for 26, 23 and a half, 15, and 24. Um, and I expect him to have similar production. He seems to find the end zone. Um, if not, he's he's kind of like in that Russell Gage mode where he just seems to be like a target monster that they just drag over the middle of the field. I thought his production was going to slip a little bit last week with Boyle playing at quarterback because Goff seemed to establish some rapport. but. Mm-hmm. It didn't. I mean, he put up like 24 points in my league. I think he had like eight for 90-something and yep. like a touchdown, right? So, um, you know, I, I expect him to to continue on that that path. And, you know, I think I think like the Sony Michelle, you know, you got to have that guy in, right? But I think like the, the, the St. Browns, the Pollards, the Singletaries, those are more like if you're in a jam, flex spot, like that could be the difference between winning this week and finishing second and crying to your wife about it. Uh, are, are you are you in any finals? I am. I am in uh, I'm in, in the finals for, believe it or not, a fourth straight year in this one league. I finished second the first year I made it to the finals. I am repeat champ, and I, dude. I squeaked in too. I didn't think I was going to get in, but I got, um, I needed Jalen Waddle to give me 17 and he went off and I got lucky, man. This, this dude had James Robinson and James Robinson went out without Achilles. No, I ended up, I ended up winning by like plus 10, you know, and beating them by plus 10. But when Yahoo does those like projected throughout, I mean, there don't were times where this dude was don't like, don't even log in until the game's over. That's um, I had Tyreek Hill give me sub four points. Jonathan Taylor off week, dude. I have Mike Evans 
and Leonard Fournette sitting on IR in this league. Um, Herbert almost cost me this week until he got in that final touchdown on that two-point conversion like that. <laughs> but I survived going against Aaron Rodgers, Stefan Diggs, and T Higgins combination between those three guys, that was like 80 something points or excuse me, 90 something points that this guy put up. And I was just like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Oh, oh, and Chase Edmonds for me, MVP Chase Edmonds. That's why he got his name called, bro. He was 25 points in this league. Unbelievable. It was, nice. I loved every second of it. We, we got the, are we in the championship in the. Yeah. So we are so in, the, in, the, in the podcast, uh, Fancy League, we are in the championship. Um, we'll see how it goes this week. Uh, and All credit most- goes to you. I have I have no insight as to what who we drafted until you showed me and what we do week to week, so you get all credit for that one. And also, uh, I think the listeners know when you ask, uh, are we in the championship? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no fantasy credibility. Uh, and, and, uh, <laughs> I'm going to make that like a, like a sound bite. <laughs> <laughs> Just every time I talk I on Jason no. show, just play that. <laughs> uh, I'm also in the champion and uh, in the championship in another league as well. All right. Well, best of luck to you, sir. We'll wrap about it on, on Sunday with, with Jason, but Lou, just a lot of fun this week, right? Between Jesse's show. And I know Jesse probably doesn't listen an hour and 20 minutes into our show, but huge shout out to him. Uh, looking forward. To, uh, tonight was a lot of fun. Looking forward to Sunday night. Uh, but that wraps us up for our week 16 recap. Let's go have some fun. Um, good luck to everybody in your fantasy football championships this weekend. Um, if you're not in it, sorry to hear it. Um, there's a few leagues that I'm not in it, and I'm sorry to hear it. Um, but, Lou, before we get out of here, like I always do, I rely on you to let everybody know where they can find us. You can hit us up on uh, Instagram and Twitter at WTF Pod NFL. Love it. Or on YouTube, we're talking football. Picked up a couple new subscribers this week. So shout out to y'all. Uh, keep it coming. Um, hit that like, hit that subscribe, you know, sign up for those notifications. So, you know, when we drop the new videos um, from, from that week's recording, but everybody have a good night and we'll wrap again next week.